Good morning, all, and welcome to this morning's encounter with the Lord. This is Russell, your host. How are we all this morning? Good morning, Russell. Good morning, everyone. Great, Russell. How are you? I'm good, thank you. I praise you and thank you, Jesus, for that. Good morning, Russell. Good morning, everyone. And we say good morning, Father. Good morning, Jesus. Good morning, Holy Spirit. We thank you, Lord, for this wonderful opportunity that we are still alive that we are breathing, that we are healthy, that we are well, we are safe. And we thank you, Lord, that we are in your presence to start a new day and a new week ahead. And the first fruits of this time that you allocate to our destiny, we offer back to you, Lord, in thanksgiving to give you glory and let your life be honored through all our thoughts, our words, and our actions through this day and this week. We acknowledge your presence in this day, Lord, and we ask you to direct our thoughts, our words, our path, our prayer. We surrender it to you, Lord, and we ask for your direction. We trust in you, O Lord, with all our heart. We lean not on our own understanding, but on the revelation you grant us. And the same peace and joy that you give us, Lord, we share with all those that are part of this praying family, this prayer meeting. We share it with all those. that are beneficiaries of every prayer request that has been made on this prayer group. And we share that same grace, Father, with every Christian that does not know you and that does not want to know you. Quicken them that their lives be transformed and their hearts be turned towards you, Lord. And as we make our prayer, we call on your name, the name of our maker, our creator, the lifter of men, the great I am. And in the name of Jesus, your son, our rock, our refuge, our strength, our salvation, our redemption, the sheep gate and the door to the Father. And in the name of his spirit, the spirit of light, life and truth, the breath of the Father, the one who reveals the deep and secret things from the heart of the Father into his personal conversation with us. We thank you, Lord, that you have blessed us with these gifts, with every spiritual gift in the heavenly. You have blessed us with family, with friends, with home. You have blessed us with angels, with destiny helpers, and every resource that we need in order to move closer towards that abundance, including your word and the gift of prayer to legally authorize you to step into our circumstance, our life, and modify it and activate Romans 8.28. That no matter how complicated that situation seems, you're able to turn it around for our good. We thank you, Father. In today's reflection, we, we get into an important question. As we read the Bible from origins in Genesis through the ages and how God worked with and against certain men. A question that strikes many people when they're introspecting their journey in faith <clears throat> is what does God really want from me? What does he want? Let's look at what scripture says. In Revelation 3 verse 20, Jesus says, I stand knocking at the door. Now this is the door to your, to your not only to your home, but the door to your life, your heart. If anyone hears my voice and opens, I will come in and commune with them. The scripture says I will come in and dine with them 
but it really means I will commune with them. John 3 verse 16 says, God so loved the world that he gave his most prized possession, his son, the only one. There are numerous other verses and even parables about this topic, about God's love. And they all just have the one thing in common, that he wants a relationship with man. And he, want man, he wants man to be like him in his image and likeness that he created us in. Because over time, we have let ourselves be vulnerable and susceptible to corruption. Corruption of that image and likeness. He wants that relationship restored. <coughs> so let's look at what this really translates to. What does he want from us? And I've made a few notes, about five notes. I'll just go through them quickly. The first one is Jesus condensed the Ten Commandments into just two. He said, this is the law and the prophets. He said, love God first with all that you have. <clears throat> and then love your neighbor in the same way as you love yourself. Care for others. These are the two greatest commandments in the law. And he wants us to follow them in our thoughts and in our actions. So when he says these are commandments, we are expected to follow those commands. Number two, then he wants us to conform to his likeness and image. Romans 8 verse 29 says, those God foreknew, which means those that he already knew and he has known from before, he also predestined them to be conformed to the image of his son, the image of perfection, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters who are like him. He's referring to us there. He wants us to be conformed to that image of Jesus. In John 8, verse 29, Jesus said, The one who sent me is with me. He has not left me alone, for I always do what pleases him. And that's what Romans 8, verse 29 that we just saw is really talking about. Talking about us being like him, doing the will of the Father like him. Furthermore, 1 Peter 1 verse 14 and 15 says, As obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. But just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. That is, conform to that image of Jesus and be like him. Do not do the things which you did because you didn't know that there was a better way. He actually says in Hosea 4 verse 6, my people suffer because of ignorance. But when he steps in, that ignorance can be alleviated. When we connect with the word, then we can know. And all he says at that stage is, whatever you now know, be obedient to that instruction. Number three, in Micah 6, verse 8. Now, this is an explicit one where it says, 
He has shown you, O mortal, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? So the verse is already saying, he has shown you what the Lord really requires of you. And this is what it is, to act justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. To act justly, to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. There are other places in the Bible where it also quotes God as saying, I desire mercy, not sacrifice. We see that in the Gospel of Matthew. It's referenced there. He also says, act with justice towards the marginalized. And he references widows and orphans. Essentially those who are helpless. And then the last part of that we shall take as our next point. Number four, he wants you to be humble. We just saw that in Micah 6 verse 8, to walk humbly with God. A classic example that the Bible uses is that of David. <clears throat> David was known to have a heart for God. Psalm 51 verse 16 and 17 says, you do not, now these are the words of David, you do not delight in sacrifice or I would bring it. You do not take pleasure in burnt offerings. My sacrifice, O oh God, is a broken heart, a broken, sorry, a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart you, God, will not despise. This is what David understood. And so he brought that sacrifice and that's all God is really after. He knew that David was a man with a heart for God. When David approached in this way, humbly, God always melted for him. James 4 verse 6 says, God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. He wants you to have that grace in everything that you may have fallen short in. It does take humility though. And number five, obedience. Obedience to his will causes blessings to chase and overtake you. And it doesn't stop there. It extends to your generations down. Your children, your children's children. Out of your obedience are blessed. But disobedience and subscription to evil ways <coughs> brings curses, harm and death again to your children and your children's children as well for your deeds. Deuteronomy 28 tells us about these curses, tells us about these blessings. The Bible gives us example of how it has carried on over generations. Abraham's obedience is the greatest example in the Bible. His obedience brought prosperity on his son and his son's sons and their generations down. They became the chosen race because of his obedience. But on the other hand, look at what happened to prophet Eli in 1 Samuel. And especially it is, it is detailed in 1 Samuel chapter 4. He was God's prophet. But he failed to stop his sons, Hophni and Phinehas, from doing evil in the sight of the Lord. 
and how they cheated people. And despite that being brought to his knowledge, he didn't do anything to stop them. And that angered God and the Prophet's entire family. He, his sons and his son's wife were all killed in one single day. Even though he was a prophet, the judgment still came on him. So no matter what our current relationship with God is, we still need to maintain that obedience. We still need to stand for it. Otherwise, this sort of judgment opens its door to us. It is not a obedience is not a matter of conformity to God's tough law. Instead, it is actually designed to protect us. Because we fail to discern and perceive right from wrong and are highly susceptible to the schemes of the enemy who constantly tries to bring us down into sin. So what does God see in us? He sees his child whom he loves with an everlasting love. And what does he want from us? To be his child, to love him the same, to reciprocate that relationship that he started. To be like Jesus, the ideal Adam. And while fulfilling that relationship, live a life of abundance and dominion. That is what God really wants for us. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that we understand that relationship. And we understand that he is not about religion. God is a person. And we need to focus on building our relationship with him as one who loves us so much that he's willing to give everything and did not hold anything back. He bankrupted heaven for me. So when I look towards him, I should take that responsibility to find out more about him, to get to know him more so that the more I know him, the more I can love him. And the more I love him, the more he shows me what my life should look like in the kingdom. When I come under that kingdom where we pray every single day, Lord, your kingdom come and your will be done in my life, in this earth, my earth. Help us understand the true meaning of that father. We ask for that edification in our spirit. And as we pray for spiritual edification, we also pray for our physical and our temporal needs. Those of our families, our friends, we pray especially for all those that are sick, that are battling disease, that are hospitalized. For families that are embattled, facing separation and division. For all those, Lord, that are yoked under any kind of stronghold, especially prayerlessness, poverty, joblessness, financial challenges, busyness, anything that seeks to keep your people powerless, Lord. Let their eyes be open to see it and every such chain of the yoke of the enemy be broken by that lie being exposed to them. We pray also for our own personal needs, those of our families, especially those that have not yet been saved. Quicken them a lot that they might call on your name 
and shall be delivered. We cover every person that we have raised in our prayer this morning, as well as every member of every family that is part of this prayer group, this ministry, by your precious blood, Jesus. We put on our angels and dispatch them on assignments in accordance with your will. We call the angel of the Lord to encamp about each of us to protect and keep us safe from harm, sin, danger, accident, injury, pilfering, theft, hijacking, terrorism, and any kind of natural disaster. I command that angelic protection in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, we thank you that you have heard us, that you always hear us. And when we release our prayer and our faith, you honor it and you make that prayer an answered prayer. I encourage all those that can pray in tongues to unmute and join in. Those that are praying for the gift to release your tongue, your faith, unmute your mic and ask the Holy Spirit to take over. Let us now make our prayer in the spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Shall I 
Namra bata pratele kastesia talaranjara
in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Lord, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Holy Spirit. The scripture that I've been given today is from Romans 6, 12 to 14. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal bodies to make you obey their passions. Do not yield your members to sin as instruments of wickedness, but yield yourselves to God as men and women who have been brought from death to life and your members to God as instruments of righteousness. For sin will have no dominion over you since you are not under the law, but under grace. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. We also have a scripture that has been shared in the chat. This is from 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14, quoted from the NIV, where it is written, If my people, who are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and will heal their land. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. And as we prayed, it was also like God was emphasizing on my heart the importance and the value of John 3, verse 16. Sort of reiterating that where he said, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. If you are enjoying these sessions as well as the <clears throat> reflections that Brother Savio posts, please share them on your social channels and please share our Facebook posts as well. Meanwhile, we also have another scripture that has been shared is from John 10 verse 9, which says, I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. Amen. Thank you, Jesus.
and let the mercy and the grace and the peace of our Lord Jesus Christ and his favor that comes out of his jealous love for us chases and overtakes us. Let that be multiplied in each of our lives this day so that as we are blessed, let us in turn go out and be a blessing to everyone around us in the name of Jesus and for his glory. We bless and have a wonderful day and a great week ahead, everyone. Thank you, Russell. God bless everyone. Thank you, Russell. God bless everyone.